It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, May 15th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that has lots more to say about the uh, Jones and Briere show. We're still talking about it. We're going to recap what was said at the presser last week, plus it's Monday, so we will have our nemesis of the week. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube. We're also now on the SiriusXM app. Uh, anywhere you listen to your podcast, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, we did give our initial reaction mm -hmm. to the press conference held by the Flyers on Friday. We did a short reaction uh, over on YouTube. So if you're listening in your ears only, you can head over to our YouTube channel to check out what those uh, thoughts were. We're going to get into some of that today. But I do want to reemphasize a point I have made before on this show and that I am very much of the opinion that it is perfectly valid and useful to have gut instant reactions to things and then also have reconsidered reactions. Maybe you have a few days to think about it or a few weeks Absolutely. to think about it or whatever, and you can change your mind. And I think that's okay that nobody should be beholden to their initial first take unless it's like offensive. Yeah. Right. So yeah, if you say something that's I, I over the line, I get it. But if these are your thoughts, those are your thoughts. And then if you, I mean, I don't yeah. know how many times people would say, you know, I've had a chance to think about it. I I may have overlooked this. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. And so I think if you want our first reaction and the way we reacted out of the gate, that YouTube clip is our uh, best bet there. But, you know, we've had the weekend to to think about things and to kind of revisit what was said. And, you know, I think for me, one of the more interesting things about that press conference was how much that they connected everything that they were talking about to Ed Snyder's legacy and the history of the team. And I, I just found that fascinating for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think to, in their minds, they were, you know, repairing some damage. Uh, and it was said via Elliot Friedman on 32 Thoughts that part of it was like the, the, disrespect of missing Ed Snyder's birthday that one time. Mm. And that led to them using this language in this presser a, a lot. Um, but to me, I think there's pros and cons to it. And don't get me wrong, I am steeped in Ed Snyder's legacy and the history with the franchise. And I appreciate everything that Ed Snyder's stewardship meant to this franchise. But I also think there's a a collection of fans who don't know Ed Snyder. Sure. And if you're looking toward the future, you know, I think there's a balance to be had here. And I, so I just found it curious how much they, they put on that legacy. Yeah. I think it's, it's fine to do it. And I do think they were repairing, 
Um, for some of the really um, older fans, longer-term fans that think this will bring the Kate Smith statue back, it's not going to. Because I know that that talk has come up now, too. Now, if we just bring that back, that's not happening, folks. But they did attempt to correct some of the other stuff. And that's true. This is like any other business. There's always a picture of the founder in the corner. And if you do something big, you should always pay tribute to the founder. I'm all for that. Yeah, I, I just think it's important to think about the future and, and, and the future season ticket holders or and potential season ticket holders who may honestly have no knowledge of this man. And I think it's important to understand that, yes, I think we should educate new fans as they come mm -hmm. in onto who Ed Snyder was and his role in building this team and what he meant to the city and what he still means to a lot of people. But I think that there's room for other things as well. And I, I, I'm interested to see how this leadership group approaches that balance, because I think it's there. And I'm not saying it's good or bad either way right now. I'm saying it's going to be something they're going to have to consider. Yeah, I think right now it was good to mention in a press conference if they decide they're yeah. going to have some sort of Founders Day or something. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that, but we'll see, like you said. I think another interesting thing was how they talked about the job descriptions and roles, diff the difference between Keith Jones as president of Hockey Ops and, and Danny Breer as general manager and John Tortorella as their spiritual leader, as Dan Hilferty had to mm -hmm. say. And I, I think I think it was important for them to define it at this press conference. I think they did to some degree. I think there was some information missing in terms of, you know, getting in the weeds and what John Tortorella's role really will be in personnel. Um, but I also think it's very interesting to see how it shaped the hiring process in terms of they really had this strict definition of roles that they uh, created in advance and they tried to fit people to fit that business structure and maybe didn't go outside of that structure to find somebody that had different thoughts or a different approach of doing it. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack. Um, I think they talked about maybe, maybe what, like 40% of everybody's job is, and that's fine. There's a little transparency, which is yeah. a little more than last time. Um, they went about the process backwards from what you would do as a business. And, and as a result, nobody's going to follow the way they did it because nobody would ever do it this way. It was it was completely out of turn, just the way everything went down. Now, it's not to say they have the wrong people in the jobs. It's just to say they went about it wrong. Um, also, again, I can't tell you enough, there's not a business on earth that even if you haven't thought, hey, you know what? I think Rachel is the best person for this job, so we're just not going to interview anybody. We're just going to leave it alone at that. No, you have to interview people because – well, there are some businesses that do that, no, but, but it's, the not, wrong approach. it's the wrong approach. Don't get me wrong. Yes. Yeah. And, and the thing is, because here's the other thing, and this is, I can only speak to myself because I've been in the hiring firing process. Sometimes you will say, I think that's the person for the job and you were right. But then when you were doing all these interviews, you found somebody for something else that could be very valuable to you. And they'll never know that because they didn't open that door. So I think that's a mistake. Um, you know, as far as Dan, yeah. go ahead. And the interview process often, as I've experienced as well, opens your mind to think about how you're doing business in a different way. The way somebody answers a question, you're like, oh, I didn't consider this for this role or this other role. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I, I think it's very important to 
go through a more extensive process just to get that kind of information and insight that you may not have otherwise. Yeah. I think Dan Hilferty was pretty good at what he did. It was a mistake to say, even if this is true, but you can't say that, hey, you know, through the process, these were the two best people and they just happen to be former flyers like that. That was a bad line. And that set off a lot of um, alarm bells just in, in general with fans, with other people who are watching this, with other pundits, with other people, with a lot of other people. So that's something where it's too coincidental, Rachel. And so that's and that's why when, you know, we eventually talk about John, where why he got some of the, the heat, too. But, OK, you know, you get past that. It was a good press conference. They certainly yeah. um, the message was, you know, they've they rehearsed it. The message was on brand and rehearsed it to the point where there was a script. That's not what I mean. I mean, they just got together and say, hey, are we all on board with this is the message? And they were. So that's good. And there's a lot of hard work ahead. Now, I think one of the, the little tip offs for the hard work is. Keith Jones said he will support Daniel Briere in every way. I don't know if Daniel Breer realizes the hard work ahead of him and the um, the amount of noise he's going to hear, the amount of brick walls he's going to encounter, all of that. Because Keith Jones won't be encountering any of that. And he'll just be, you know, talking to Danny and kind of helping him, you know, deal with that. Danny is the one who is going to have to deal with all of that. Yeah, I think it's good that Danny has had the opportunity to at least be part of one um, GM's meeting so far. So at least before he got the title, he was already doing some of the the things that you have to do. And maybe he has some understanding about, you know, what those challenges are going to be. He may not know how to solve them yet, but he right. knows what those challenges are a little better than he would have otherwise. So that's a good thing. But yeah, I do think, you know, we're going to get into the to-do list for these guys on tomorrow's show, but I think that it's really going to be important for these uh, guys to work together, but also challenge each other. And I want to talk about that part of the conversation, and we're going to do that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by a product that I literally use every day, AG1 by Athletic Greens. Maybe you're like me, you want to be healthy and eat well but it's always easier said than done. That's no longer the case with AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1 and a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All of it. It can be hard and expensive to keep track of multiple different supplements and vitamins, not to mention how hard it can be on your stomach. AG1 costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
leading into our conversation on tomorrow's show about our to-do list for this new management group, we want to know what your to-do list is for the Flyers. So you can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. You can tweet us at LockdownFlyers comment over on YouTube, and uh, we'll see if our list and your lists align. Uh, In the meantime, continuing our conversation on the press conference to uh, show the new management group for the Philadelphia Flyers, the word collaboration was used quite a bit in that press conference, a lot by Dan Hilferty and Keith Jones. I think he was sort of reacting to what Dan was saying, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, in in repeating that. And I think, you know, it's very corporate speak. You know, you and I, Russ, have both been around the corporate world. And, you know, collaboration is just some a buzzword that we we use and hear a lot. Yeah, because if you literally collaborated on every single moment or every single decision, you'd never get anything done. Nothing would get done. I know. So I think, you know, it's, I think really what that means for the Flyers is utilizing the expertise of the team and, you know, all of the support staff and saying, we're going to utilize all the expertise and the data and the analytics and the, you know, business analysis and everything and try to put together an organization that is going to create a winning culture on the ice and then create a fun environment um, for fans off the ice. And that's really what all that means. But I, I do think that having like this conversation about it being two former Flyers players and this theme of collaboration have something that fits together in a certain kind of way. And that I think that when when you bring up that conversation about it being two former Flyers and not really looking outside, I do think that this brings up the commitment and this desire to turn things around in a way where I think these guys have more at stake than potentially Chuck Fletcher did. You know, I think that they, they have an attachment to this team that other people don't have. And whether that turns out to be a good thing or a bad thing in terms of their ability to get things done, I don't know yet because Keith Jones is so new to this kind of role. Right. And yeah, there's no Bear way of knowing fresh. that. Yeah, there's just no way of knowing. But at the same time, I feel like they have more at stake personally than maybe any management group has had in recent memory. Even Ron Hextall, I would say. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think that there's a lot of truth to that. So as an example, things that weren't talked about that maybe you would assume But again, we've learned that we can't assume things. Uh, First one is, yes, they have an analytics department. No, they didn't talk about it in any way, shape, or form. And so that's, Mm -hmm. that's to me, a little disconcerting because I would like to know what is happening with the analytics department because nobody talks about it. And I didn't see enough of an improvement in a lot of things, the way they do things, to feel like they're getting their fair share. So that is something where, again, now I'm going to have to wait and judge it over time because um, certainly, you know, Danny's been a part of that. He has certainly had interaction with him. And so he he doesn't get to start with a clean slate because he is part of this group that was part of the failing group too. He just got to watch them fail and got to come out the other side. But he still was there. 
And there is a part of the fan base that keeps asking me, why doesn't anybody ask him about that? And it's like the easy answer is because he's not going to answer to that. He's just going to look forward. But he still was a part of that. And the other part of the, to me, part that you, again, you could have all the smartest people in the room and there's still room for improvement. So as an example, I still don't think they've done a good enough job with the draft. I could look at Cole Caulfield and know that that is a definite that I could look at. If you want to say, well, you can't tell yet for, I could tell that. And I already knew that day it was a mistake and I still know it was a mistake. And I'm not blaming the players they got. I'm blaming what they did and how they did it because they could have gotten Cole Caulfield anyhow. And so the point is, oh, I will talk about Keandre Miller to the ends of the earth. So right. I understand. So, so the from. point, so the point is to say that this new group was just going to roll into this draft, which I feel is their most important draft in a decade with the same group does make me a little, it makes me look at it a little differently. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the choices they made about what messaging they were going to prioritize in this press conference. And, you know, it was like almost an hour, I think maybe mm -hmm. it was like 45 minutes or so. Yeah. And they didn't bring up the analytics group. They didn't bring up the upcoming draft really, uh, you know, in, in terms of the, the immediate pressing things that this was very clearly about showing a united front with specific messaging around it, a nod to the past, a look to the future. And it, it did not get extremely detailed. Uh, there's also no mention of like, obviously they weren't going to bring up the health team, you know, the right. athletic no, no, trainers. That, we knew that wasn't all, coming up. Right. But it's just like, there's some specific concerns that have come up in recent years that were not a part of this discussion, even as an, an aside to be like, we're going to continue to do this. We're going to continue to grow that didn't come up. And so I, I think that we could definitely see what they were trying to accomplish with this and that there are just a lot of outstanding questions here. Yeah. If you want to say, hey, they they won the human element part of this. Sure. I'm not going to argue because yeah. we all like Keith Jones and, and Daniel Breers yeah. and a, a guy that we all like. Um, but we have to do our jobs here and analyze it and look at it and see what's right and see what's wrong and see what could be better. And that's what we get paid for. Um, but the 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 part the, the the bigger part of this is when they were talking about and I don't know the exact wording that they used but basically like hey you got to have the right leadership and that was almost like the most important thing it's like no still talent is the most important thing and what they didn't talk about is their lack of talent in the organization and they didn't talk about how they were like gonna, player talent player, player talent, talent player talent and how they were going to improve that starting now because just because Rachel just because you're a rebuilding team and the fact that they won't commit to how many years is also that's a tough one for me because other teams have the Rangers did and then they they abandoned it because they got players so they didn't have to worry about it the you know the Red Wings did and they stuck to it and they're sticking to it and so those are things where I feel like, you know, that's where the messaging, they were like, well, we're going to come a little short of that. But talent, actual talent, talent you get in the draft, talent you sign uh, in free agency, talent you trade for. Not much talk about that. Yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, it's part of the next steps. Again, we're going to talk about some of that to-do list tomorrow. But I think that it's also just a hint that you know 
what those next steps are would have been really helpful for me, I think. Uh, even if you don't address them, you say, here, you know, here we've got, you know, a plan in place. Here are the things we're going to address right off the bat. Um, almost to me, like uh, when you have a, a new president at inauguration for the United States, they say, here's what we're going to get done in the first hundred days of our administration. And it never all gets done, obviously. It never, it never all gets done, obviously. And, you know, it doesn't matter you know, who they are as president. Right. But I think that at least they say, here's our hundred days plan. Right. Right. And, and I, I felt like maybe they could have used a little more of that in this. Yeah, I feel like you're right. I feel like that is a part of it because again, they didn't even tell you what type of team they're trying to build. Like every other sport, every other management team would say, this is the type of team we're trying to build. Nobody would talk about that. Even John didn't want to talk about that. John chose something else. So the fact that that wasn't talked about is a little worrisome. Now, some would say, well, listen, John's going to have the biggest voice and he knows what he wants. Yeah, but John isn't always right. And that's why he has bosses that should tell him when he's not right and should have to disagree with him and maybe not do all the things he wants to do so because while you are rebuilding, you still have to get more talented, even at the NHL level. It may not right. equal wins right away, but if you start bringing guys in that you feel like, hey, we're going to bring this guy in. He's got one or two years left on his contract. We feel like he's got a higher ceiling. Then he'll be part of that next thing, like Anneli Tovenin. You know, like basically look what he's doing for Seattle, right? Now, some might say, well, he'd never do that for the Flyers. He stinks. Well, but you could have had him. And instead, Seattle got him. And, and this is a goal scorer. And presumably, you need goal scoring. But they let him get through the ranks, right? They let him get to Seattle. Seattle picks him up. You know, Nashville just cut him. And, like, you could have made your team better with that player. And that player's thriving now in the playoffs. Those are the kinds of things where you can't keep letting that happen, folks. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. You could say all the nice things you want to do you're still not going to get better fast enough. Yeah, I think that there's a lot on that to-do list. And uh, we have one more thing on our to-do list, and that is to name our nemesis of the week for our Monday show. We're going to get to that, plus some of your reactions to the hire and the press conference coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. My favorite part of the Game Time app is that it's great. You get notified about all those last minute tickets and their flash deals. Plus, you get that all-important view from your seats before you purchase the ticket. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Also, tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you'll never have to dig through your email. So snag the tickets without the stress on game time. Download the app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
All right. So want to get into some of your uh, thoughts out there that you gave us about the new regime and the press conference uh, asked you to comment over on YouTube. And I feel like the responses we got were kind of exactly what the vast uh, you know, differences in some of the opinions are out there in Flyers fandom. So very representative. Uh, Michael said it won't make any difference for a long time. This team is a train wreck. Ed said, you know, people crying about getting non-flyers to run things is so tiresome. How did an outsider like Chuck Fletcher do? Good, good point, Ed. Uh, but he Dave really says, wasn't an outsider, though. That's the thing. He, he wasn't a hockey Bob- outsider. No, no, but he wasn't even. A, he may not have been a flyer at any time in his career, but he worked for Bobby Clark. That's so I don't count him in that group. Sorry. Yeah, well, Ed also says Jones can't be more outside the box of a hire, uh, which he was for a lot of reasons. Still insiders for other reasons, but I get it. Right. Uh, Dave right. said, "I'm 49 and haven't experienced a cup celebration on broad. I used to bleed orange and black, and uh, I can't watch my favorite sports team at this point. I ha- truly hope they straighten out." Uh, Aaron said, "At what at this point, what is there to lose?" Also, a really that's interesting fair. observation. Yeah, Philip is going to wait and see and is skeptical. I think that's very valid. Mm-hmm. Uh, user Philly Wolf said, "I'm going to give every new hire a chance to turn this around and deliver a championship back to Philly. I ain't giving up until it happens." And yeah, that's like the gamut of opinions, and I think that all of them are valid, right? They're all valid opinions. It is the gamut. I think that um, some of the things that were said in this press conference were um, crafted to bring back some ticket holders. And to be honest, I'm not sure they they accomplished that. Now, as an example, and it would never have this kind of effect. You saw what happened when Connor Bedard was the number one overall pick and the amount of ticket sales that occurred with the Chicago Blackhawks. I don't think the Flyers ticket office was all of a sudden bombarded with calls the day after that press conference with season ticket holders or people saying they're going to re-up. So I think they're still going to have to work hard on that this entire summer to bring people back. That hasn't, they haven't magically fixed that problem. I I think that's absolutely the case. Uh, That's a good segue to our nemesis of the week. Uh, If you're newer to the program, each and every Monday, we look at the world of hockey and the world of the Flyers and say, you know, what is our nemesis? What is getting our goat? And uh, last week, we did talk about that, you know, whoever does get the first overall pick in Connor Bedard and how would they react to it? And uh, what was that going to be like? Of course, you know, we talked about that a lot last week that our worst nightmare came true and that uh, the Flyers did not get that pick and Chicago did. Um, and they did get that bump in ticket sales that you oh, yeah. mentioned. Um, I think that, you know, Blackhawks fans were pretty happy about it, but I think they were under a lot of them, at least were very understanding about how, why people feel like they didn't deserve oh, it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I thought it was actually like given everything the Blackhawks fans were pretty rational about the whole thing, which I got to give credit for that. Um, I think for me, the nemesis this week is patience with so many unanswered questions in terms of, you know, what is their hundred days plan, right? Mm -hmm. That that I talked about um, what is on their list to do. How are they going to get better quality players on ice and put together a more skilled team? And a, 
I think that they were right to say this is going to take a while if if we do this right. But also there's this whole history of this team not succeeding in the last decade or so that's weighing on fans very much. And so the patience level isn't going to be as high as maybe they would like it. And I, uh, that's why it's the nemesis for me. It's like maintaining that level of patience in this new group. Yeah, the nemesis for me is always expecting the fans to just to just accept things at face value. I never begrudge a fan that doesn't want to say that doesn't want to believe whatever I'm saying, whatever you're saying, whatever the team is trying to sell them now when they haven't won since the 70s. Like I get it. And and so that's my nemesis because I feel like everybody is is entitled to that opinion especially like when you hear a guy say that I've lived this long and never experienced, you know, the flyers winning. And so like, I, I get it. And and that is my nemesis in sports because I do feel like a lot of times and teams will do this teams. And I'm not saying the flyers are doing this, but they've done it before. And every team has done this. They'll try one thing and they're saying, this is going to work. And when it doesn't work, then they try the complete opposite thing. And when it doesn't work, then they're going to try this thing. And this is going to work, Rachel. And so, like, I understand where people get worn down from that. Absolutely. This is definitely a wait and see situation. Um, This is a reminder to myself to be patient about it, uh, but also hold the team to account. Right. Right. And that's part of what our job is. And we're going to continue to do that on the show and uh, try and look at it from all the angles possible. Uh, We're going to do that starting tomorrow with our to do list for this new regime. And uh, we want to hear what your to-do list is. Like I said, uh, tweet us at Lockdown Flyers, email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail, or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.